As you know, this year we've been studying our way through the Bible, taking one book each Sunday. Well, this morning we come to what's been called the most unusual of all the books in the Bible. It's the book of the prophet Hosea. It's the first of the group called the Minor Prophets. And as I was preparing this message and getting my mind around the theme of the book, I realized that this morning, here among us, there are some who have heard about the love of God so much. We've heard it all so many times. But if we were going to be honest, we'd have to admit we still don't believe it. You mean to tell me with all that I've done, God still loves me? With all the things that have happened in my experience, God really loves me. Are you kidding me? Are you for real? Can there really be a loving God who is personal and all-powerful and who wants to show that love to me? I don't believe it. Okay. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you're honest enough to admit it. I want to introduce you to the God of Hosea. Hosea. The name itself means salvation. And it is the most unusual book in the entire Bible. 66 books. And this morning... We're tackling the most unusual book of all. Now, if you want to open your Bibles to this book, or you can follow along in your notes. It is listed as the first of the twelve that are called the Minor Prophets. I can't stand that name, Minor Prophet. First of all, it's not in our Bible. We gave it that name. Minor is like a minor key. I don't like minor keys. I mean, there's a place for them. And then there's the minor league. The minor league are for the people that couldn't make the majors. They go to the minors. They serve their time in the minors. As if this is a minor prophet. Is there a minor word of God? Now, they're called minor because they're smaller, supposedly. Well, they can be smaller, but they're still full-fledged. I mean, Rhode Island is pretty small, but it's a full-fledged state. Switzerland is small, but it's still a country. Hosea may be small, but it's still the Word of God. And I mean, size, Goliath was huge, but a lot of good that did him. A little stone brought him down. So don't talk to me about minor. No, he was in the major leagues when he heard from God. And he was in the major leagues when he spoke for God. And when he obeyed God, he was in the majors. So we're dealing with a major prophet. And even in terms of length. 
Lamentations, the book of Lamentations is listed in the major prophets, but it's smaller than most of the minor prophets. So I mean, the whole thing is just, it's just messed up. So we'll just, we'll just throw that out. So we're dealing with the major prophet of Hosea. But in chapter 1, verse 2, God says to Hosea something that no one would believe. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness, because the land is full of the vilest adultery in departing from the Lord. Now, the next words in chapter 1, verse 3, says... So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblium, and she conceived and bore him a son. But between verse 2 and verse 3, I guarantee you there was a whole lot of discussion going on. It's not in the Bible, but I just guarantee you. You want me to what? I mean, this was like a black hole. This was the point of no return. This was, he was entering into something here that would mark him for life. Imagine trying to explain this to your mother. Mom, I've got a word from God. Oh yeah, right. You better go back to your prayer closet and make sure you got this one right. Imagine telling this to your prayer partner, to anyone. Now we live in a day when Many who have walked the red carpet of Hollywood have also starred in movies as prostitutes. You got Julia Roberts, Renee Zellweger, Demi Moore, Catherine Zeta-Jones. You got quite an all-star list of people who are well-known and notable who have starred in movies as prostitutes. So in our day, we really can't hear this with the same, huh, that they did when this was first launched. This was in a day when prostitutes were untouchables, where they were known as women of ill repute, among a people who would literally stone anyone among them who would be a prostitute or go and sleep and spend the night with a prostitute. So the stakes were higher here. So somewhere between verse 2 and verse 3, there was a whole lot of wrestling going on here. But however much wrestling there was, before long, Hosea did exactly what God told him to do. Go and take For yourself, an adulterous woman who has made her living in prostitution. Now, it's interesting when Gomer, his wife-to-be, was described, her mother's name is given, not her father's name. Normally, in Middle Eastern culture, everyone is identified by the father, not the mother, unless the father is totally absent, and which was the case for Gomer. 
a household without a dad. And she fell into prostitution. Living, making a living by selling her body to men. Well, he obeys. He takes her to be his wife. He loves her. They conceive a child, a second child, a third child. And she runs off. As could have been predicted. What we have in the book of Hosea is the message of God to the people through the life story of the prophet and his marriage. And the prophet's message came out of his marriage. It's true for a lot of us. For a lot of us, our message is only as strong as our marriage. A crummy marriage doesn't make for a good message. Well, here God called him into a marriage that God knew was going to be a crummy marriage. But he did it out of obedience. And he went and he took her and was loyal to her, though she became unloyal to him. And out of that, he preached the message of a broken heart. The message of a broken-hearted man whose wife was unfaithful to him, who was unfaithful before he was married and was unfaithful now that he's married, out of that broken heart, he could preach the heart of a broken-hearted God whose people had run off with other lovers. But that was only the beginning of the story. Chapter 3. The Word of God comes to Hosea again. And God says to Hosea a second time, Go show your love to your wife again. If you don't mind marking in your Bible, circle the word again. It's perhaps the biggest word in the whole book. Go show your love to your wife again. Now notice, though she was unfaithful to him, she was still his wife from God's perspective. God called her his wife. And he doesn't say, go live with her, to go take her back. God says, go show your love to your wife Again. Now, between verse 1 and verse 2, I guarantee you again, there was a whole lot of wrestling going on. Oh God! I've done it once! She ran off with somebody else! Now you want me to do it again? you got to be kidding me! What's the sense? What, what's that going to prove? But he goes again. Verse 2. So I bought her 
for 15 shekels of silver. He pays money. And then he brings all this barley, 10 bushels full of grain to purchase her back. She's his wife. But he goes and buys her back from the person who bought her from him. This is incredible. Such lavish love. Now, you and I have ideas that this really challenges. You and I have ideas, first of all, that there's sin and there's sin. That some sin is tolerable and some is just intolerable. That there are sinners. Some are, we're all sinners, but some sins are just really bad. And some sinners are really bad. That there are some people we ought to, we'd be better distancing ourselves from some people. Some we ought to just cut them off. We ought to just give up on them. And we think that, in a sense, underneath it all, is that there are those who are likely to get right with God, and those are the ones we ought to spend time with them, even if they're unbelievers. But then there are those unbelievers that are just so far from God, they're, they're, they're not worth the effort. There's some of those ideas that this story, this account of what God asked of the prophet Hosea really challenges There are even entire books written to explain the book of Hosea that say this didn't really happen. This was just an allegory. There's this fictitious person, Hosea, whose name means salvation, that was made up in history. God would never ask this of anyone. Well, I've got something it's harder to believe than God would ask a prophet to go marry a prostitute. You want to know something that's harder to believe than that? That God Himself would love us who were all guilty of horrible things. And yet God came and loved us. And not only did He love us, He sent His Son to purchase us out of our slavery. And redeem us to Himself. We who were impossible to save. The least likely to be saved. The chiefest of sinners. That God would send His Son to die and redeem us. That's way harder to believe than God would ask this of a prophet. So we need to get beyond those strange ideas we have that make this book so difficult to swallow. Because those ideas are challenging the very heart of the Gospel. The very heart of the message of Christ is that God loved the world while the world was at enmity, at war with Him. 
And we who have all been guilty of spiritual adultery, we've been loved by a God lavishly, wastefully, who not only redeemed us initially, but even when we were wayward as Christians came and died and purchased us back again. No, some of us this morning are in need of being loved by God again. Some of us this morning are sitting here in desperate need of a fresh infilling of the love of God, the love of God that sent Jesus. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, there's three things about this God, and inside your notes, if you want to fill these in, please do so. It's under the Live This Book section. Our God, first of all, is a pursuing lover. He's a pursuing lover. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He first loved us and gave Himself for us. Our God is a pursuing lover. As Hosea not only went to marry a woman out of prostitution, but when she proved faithful within the covenant of marriage, he still went and pursued her further, even paying for her. And the price that Hosea paid was a foreshadowing a forerunner of the price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross for every one of us. And so the Bible can say to us today, you've been bought with a price. Because our God is a pursuing lover. The second thing we see about God here is that He is a truthful lover. Now it says when Hosea went to his wife and bought her back out of prostitution, though he was already married to her, it says in verse 3, I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man. And I will live with you. Now, his love for Gomer did not just sweep the sin under the rug. It wasn't a, well, nobody's perfect kind of a love. Or we can sweep that under the rug kind of love. The love that Gomer had is the same love that Jesus brings when it says of Jesus, He was full of grace and truth. He forgives everything, but He also calls sin, sin. And so we in the body of Christ are to speak the truth in love. We call forth the best in each other. As Jesus who caught the woman, or the woman that was caught in adultery was brought to Jesus, and He said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you any longer. He gave her grace. But he also gave her truth 
and said, go and sin no more. Now, our God is a pursuing lover and He is a truthful lover. And finally, He's a persistent lover. If His love doesn't capture us on the first go-round, He'll bring it back around again and again and again. That's why the Apostle Paul said how high and long and wide and deep is the love of God that surpasses knowledge. This book of Hosea stands as really the Gospel in the Old Testament. It's the story of Jesus from beginning to end. Of the persistent love of God that keeps coming and coming and coming. And if we didn't get it the first time, maybe the second time or the third time. But God is the God who continues to pour out His love. One of the great declarations, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Forever. He has loved us with an everlasting love. There is no end to His love. His love just keeps coming. What a demonstration. It's said of the book of Hosea, it's one of the few Old Testament prophets that never mentions the coming of the Messiah. But on the other hand, it's one of the few Old Testament prophets that from beginning to end illustrates the the life of Christ. And as the book ends, Hosea chapter 14, it ends with the call to repent. Several times through the book, chapter 6, verse 1, return to the Lord. And then again in chapter 14, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. And God promises, verse 4, I will forgive their waywardness. And love them freely, for my anger has turned away from them. The love of God, given freely, illustrated through the entire life message and marriage of Hosea, to love a woman who did not deserve it, even as God has loved us who did not deserve it. Who when his wife was faithless and went back to her old lifestyle, even as a dog returns to its vomit, she returned to that sickening lifestyle. God said, I want you to go back. Go get her again. And love her. Show her the full extent of your love. And God sent Jesus to show us the full extent of His love for us. About a month ago, I was talking with a woman who's new to our church family. 
we were sitting out in the lobby and she was telling me her story. A number of disappointments and heartaches. She was weeping, telling me her story. And I was sitting there weeping with her. I called her yesterday and asked her permission to share this story with us. And she said, sure, tell it. I said, come with me a minute. And we stood from the lobby and walked right in here. We stood right here at the front. I stood here and she stood here. And I said, you've told me your story. Now I want to tell you his story. I said, all the pain and the rejection and the sorrow that you have felt. There is a God whose Son has felt it all. Who's absorbed in His body all your pain. He is a man of sorrows and familiar with grief. He took your sicknesses, your rejections, your disappointments, your sin, your suffering upon Himself. He took it all and absorbed it in His body. And as I was telling her of His story, she was weeping right here, absorbing the reality of the love of God for her. And some here this morning need an encounter with that love. The redemption of Christ is the trump card of all of our illnesses, all of our diseases, all of our dysfunctions. Now, when it comes right down to it, there are no good people and bad people. All people have sinned. All people need a Redeemer. And there is a Redeemer who died for all people. What we need, every one of us, is to encounter the love of God who sent Christ and was illustrated by the prophet who did in his world the unthinkable. Holy Spirit, come now and pour your presence. Pour out the love of God into hearts all over this room. Lord, come and crack through the surface. Come and minister to your people. Come and dig deep. Come and awaken. Before we even sing together, I just want to ask around the room, If you're here this morning and God has spoken to you about His love and you are sitting there saying, I I hope this is true. I hope this is true. I wish it was true. I I want to invite you to open your heart this morning to the redemption of Jesus. 
and allow the love of God to be poured into your heart. For Jesus to give you a new start. just want to pray with you right now. Lord Jesus, just make this your prayer. Lord Jesus, I hear the message and I do open the door of my life and I ask you, Jesus, to come in. Wash away my sins and cleanse me. Pour the redemption, the healing, the forgiveness into my life. Wash me clean. I receive, Lord. I receive. If you pray that prayer with me, would you just raise a hand around the room? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Any others? Just lift a hand. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Oh, Lord, you are so good. We praise you, Lord. We sing of your love, Lord, of your mercy, of your grace. But, Lord, we don't want this to just be an intellectual understanding. Lord, you've got to pour your love into our hearts. It's not about a change of mind. Lord, throughout the book of Hosea, there's the call, return, return. Lord, we want to return to you today to cast off our idols and to receive the healing that comes from you, the living God.